What I want to talk about this evening is simply uh, what Gospel of Matthew, the author, what he has to say in the beginning of the Gospel and at the end of the Gospel. And reading in chapter 1, I want you to read verse 22 and 23 with me. Now, you know, when we travel transatlantic flights, we always pray <laughs> because they're long haul. You get in that little tube called airplane and you take off from uh, East Coast and we go over to Europe and then from Europe to uh, Southeast Asia. Both flights are usually eight and a half, nine hours long. That's airtime. That's not time you get in, settle down and all that stuff and time to get off and all that. So usually it's about 10 hours apiece. And so you are in an airplane and I always pray. I pray back, you know, I always say, let's pray that God will put somebody decent next to us, you know. Now, not that everybody's bad, all right? I'm sure somebody's praying that about us, too, you know, saying, Lord, hope there are much more Indians sitting next to me. I don't know, but just, you know. So anyhow, we always pray because you know and I know this. If we are traveling a distance and have a good companion, the journey seems very brief, doesn't it? But if you're traveling with somebody that is unpleasant and... Uh, Anyhow, I don't want to go further from that story, right? Uh, even when you eat food, I think most of you heard this, food tastes much better when it's eaten with somebody together, isn't it? Uh, the company makes, even if it is just a bologna sandwich, tastes like ham and cheese. Uh, I don't know if you have found that to be true or not, but uh, it, company makes the difference, doesn't it? Having somebody with you. Well, I want to remind us from this passage, there are times you and I find ourselves lonely. I used to tell Becky, we live in a country of 1.3 million, and sometimes we feel so lonely. Can you imagine that? 1.3 million people, billion people living in that place. You find yourself, and this time of the season even, it's hard to believe, but it is. You find people that are lonely. But I want, to, I want to remind you what the passage says. Read with me verse 22, 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, now aren't you glad? What God has prophesied through his prophet has always come true. And here is a perfect prophecy being fulfilled from book of Isaiah. Verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. If you underline your Bible, you need to underline that little phrase, God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Isaiah wrote 700 years before uh, in regards to the prophecy, the virgin shall conceive, his name shall be, and so on and so forth. We read in the text. But notice that phrase, that God, Emmanuel simply means God with us. It's, it's not as though before this time God was not with us, and that suddenly now as Jesus appears, we have the presence of God. God has always been there with his people from day one. Uh, but I want you to read the last chapter now. I want you to read what Matthew, the author of Gospel of Matthew says in, in the in last chapter, chapter 28, we call the Great Commission. Beginning in verse 18, 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And here we go. And lo, I am, can we all say it together? I am with you. I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world, or even to the end of the ages. The presence of God is very important in a Christian's life. In the beginning, the title given to Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Now physically, God is going to be with us. Uh, he, Jesus is a very express image of God. When you see him, you are literally seeing God. When you hear him, you're hearing God. That's what when Philip asked him, show us God and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, how long have I been with you? You heard me speak. If you heard me speak, you have heard God speak. Well, that's powerful, isn't it? No wonder the Jewish community got so upset. They called him a blasphemer because he was identifying himself as God in flesh. And he was God in flesh. But in the end of the gospel, Jesus gives the commission. He said, now, all of you who are my followers, you go. You share this great news, Emmanuel, God with us, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to save us. Jesus means Savior. Joshua, the Lord saves. Each main name that God has given in the Bible in regards to Jesus has a significant meaning. But especially this one, Emmanuel, God with us. That's the Hebrew word referring exactly to God is with us. In, in, in the end, Jesus said, now you go and you, you share, you go, and as you're going, wherever you are, at home, abroad, if, if God chooses to send you around the world, as you're going, as you're going, I want you to be careful and, and be alert to share. Share the gospel with them. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them. So as you're going, you are giving out. He wants us to give out the gospel. And as you're going and as you're giving out, notice what the Bible says, you're gaining something. Not that he's excluded himself from others. He said, there's a special, special presence of God. He said, as you're going, as you're giving, you're gaining. He said, I am with you. Isn't that a comforting to know that you're not doing what you're doing on your own or alone by yourself. I remember talking to one of the missionaries who was working in, in the Middle East, uh, a very hostile territory. And uh, one day, uh, the, the conversation, uh, he's in Qatar. So I asked him, I said, man, what, uh, how do you do it, man? How do you, I know there are times when you're lonely. I know there are times you have opposition and times you're scared and times you probably want to give in and, and quit. And how do you do it? He goes, oh, he said, I only have one scripture that I cling to that gives me comfort. And he quoted that scripture to me. He said, Hammett, I'm following what Jesus said. And when I'm lonely, when I feel like I'm all alone, when I feel like I'm in a hostile situation, I remind myself I am not alone Somebody else is with me. I cling to his promise. He said, I am with you. Isn't that awesome? He said, that encourages me. That challenges me. That motivates me to keep on doing what I'm doing because I'm not alone doing this. He is with me doing it with me. And that's a comforting thought. Now, for all of us as a Christian today, whatever is going on in your life, you feel so lonely. Would you cling to that verse now? God says what? I am with you. 
You are his child by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Spirit of God indwells us, right? Even Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you like uh, no one cares. He said, I'm going to send the comforter, God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity is going to come. He's going to not come and be with you, but the, Jesus says he's going to come and be in you. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Brother, the Spirit of God comes in as a third person of Godhead. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us in this Christmas season. Please, if you, if you focus on that, this is all about him and he is with me and he's going to comfort me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to enable me to enjoy the season for what it is for. And that is for him. I want to bless his name. I want to live for him. I want to love him. I want to draw closer to him. Even though, even though the circumstances say otherwise. Some, even though sometimes it feels bleak and sometimes you feel there's no way through this cloud, remember who's with you. Now, I'll just give you briefly two, two examples, okay? And now in the Old Testament, you can follow uh, the presence of God, starting with Adam and Eve, right? Who left? Did God leave Adam and Eve or did Adam and Eve leave God? Who said, where are you? Was Adam and Eve said, where are you, God? Or did God say, Adam, where are you? <laughs> we all know the story, right? It wasn't God who left. It was Adam and Eve who left God. And God came. According to Genesis, God could not live without them. God is the one who takes the initiative, wanting to be with us. That's mind-boggling right there. Because we know. (laughs) We as humans have a hard time being with other humans. But God says, I want to be with you. He came and fellowship with Adam and Eve every day. Uh, in the cool of the day, they walked together, talked together, fellowship together every day until one day when God came, Adam and Eve weren't there anymore. And God knew where they were and he asked, them, hey, Adam, where are you? <laughs> what have you done? Oh, it's like God, God doesn't know. God knew exactly. And did God abandon them then? No, he didn't. He went on to make a promise that is being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In Genesis 3.15, the child of a woman will crush the head of Satan. Though Satan will bruise his heel, God made this promise. Genesis 3.15, when there was only two human beings on planet Earth. Why? God could not live without them. That's what I feel when I read God with us. God wants to be with us. Always he wants to be with us. Even when we don't want to be with him, he wants to be with us. Now that's mind-boggling. I can walk away from God God cannot walk away from us. That's what that story tells me. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I mean, I just say, hey, thank you, Jesus, because I got issues. You know, I get pity party, and I get, you know, down on the grumpies and all that kind of stuff, and whine and complain, and, 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 and kind of blame you for everything. And you would have a reason to kind of, you know, have a distance between us, but you don't. When the Israelites left Egypt, the presence of God was with them to the pillar of what? Fire and the pillar of cloud over the tabernacle. And God's presence was with them as they moved along. And we can follow the trace, trace the history of God's presence with his people. But now in the New Testament, it's just a whole new dimension, isn't it? No more typology 
Now we have realistic, real flesh and blood. God puts on flesh and blood and steps on the planet Earth and walks with us, talks with us, lives with us, and then dies for us. And then rises to life again for us. For there was no other way for him to do this apart from becoming sin for us. Taking on the human flesh. When I think about two stories, they're really interesting to me. When Daniel, the, the three Hebrew children, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, uh, his empire was very vast and very powerful. And there were many different nationalities that lived among that in his kingdom. So he, he designed a plan, uh, raised up this golden statue to unite all these people under this one deity. And he called a day when everybody will bow and, and worship this gold deity. And you remember the story in the book of Daniel. Those three Hebrew young men, they said, we will, we will not do this. And when the, when the king Nebuchadnezzar found out that these three Hebrew young men are not going to bow, he got very angry. And he said, what I'm going to do with you three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn you. Because that's what he said earlier. If, nobody, if anybody is found not bowing to this figure, we'll be cast into a fire. They raised the fire he seven times from what it was normal. And they cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. Now remember, this Nebuchadnezzar is not a a Jewish, he's not been influenced by Jews. He's a pagan king. When he throws these three young men in the fire, remember what he said? He said, yeah, I see a fourth man in the fire. Interesting. Now if if one of the Jewish young men would have said that, you would have said, oh man, you know, there's something here. But here's a pagan king, the world power at that time. He looks in the fire, there's three Hebrew, and he says, there's a fourth man, and he makes this statement, but it's very, very profound. He said, the fourth one looks like, resembles son of God. Now where did he get that revelation from? Why did he not say, oh, he looks like the golden statue I just made up? And not one of them had fire on them. Not, not hair, not clothes, nothing has been touched by the fire. That is powerful. God was with them. It's not that he showed up. God always been there with these men. They have believed in him. They are devout Jewish men who abide by the law of God. That thou shalt have no other gods before you. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven images. Thou shalt not bow down to them. These young men determined, hey, king, king, we will not bow. And if you choose to, if God chooses to deliver us, praise his holy name. But if not, those three words are very powerful. But if not, let it be known unto you, King Nebuchadnezzar. We're not bowing, bro. They already had the presence of God with them. They knew if they go in the fire, God's going in the fire with them. And if God's going to permit them to burn, they said, we're we're okay with that. That's faith, my friends. That's the faith that believes God is with me. Even in the darkest and the most uh, uh, unimaginable way. All right, let's go to another story very quickly. Time's up. 801, it is up. Stephen in the New Testament. Remember, he preached to the Jewish people. They got angry. They began to stone him. They ended up stoning him to death, right? God delivered those guys from the fire. This guy, God doesn't deliver. Or did he deliver? What does Stephen was privileged to see as he's taking his last breath on planet Earth? God opens up the heaven. 
God opens up the heaven and saying, Stephen, you're not dying alone, my friend. We're watching everything that is taking place. And we know what you're going through. And we are, we are ready to receive you up here. Let me just give you a little glimpse. And Stephen was able to look at the glory of God. And he says, I see the Son of Man. I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Wow, what a confidence. <laughs> so tonight, let me close. Don't ever forget, God is always for us, not against us. Even in your darkest hours and moments, when you feel all alone, recall the passage from Matthew 28, I am with you. May the Lord bless you as you celebrate him this Christmas and his presence in your life. Lord Jesus, it is kind of hard for us to fathom that when there is nothing good in us, you who are perfect, good, holy, would choose to be with us. Thank you. Please help us. We are frail, Lord. We hurt. We feel lonely. We feel discarded sometimes. Sometimes we feel no one, no one understands. No one cares. No one is with me. And Lord, I know Satan takes those accusations and hurls at our spirit and soul. But tonight, Spirit of God, right on our spirit, this truth, no matter what, you, God of all heaven, has promised, I am with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So Lord, bless your people. Help us to be effective during these days as we go out and live out our faith. No matter the circumstances, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Bless your people, Lord. Keep them in your care. Those who have a special need, may, this feel, may they feel your presence as they cry out to you, as they crawl closer to you. May they feel that you are there working behind the scene. All things for our good and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.